This podcast is brought to you in part by our partner, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a free app that allows the user and creator to record and edit their podcast right there from your phone or computer. It also allows you to distribute your podcast across the globe to everyone that wants to listen to it on different distribution networks like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other networks. It has all, all your needs and tools all in one stop shop. So go ahead, please. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Yankee Cowboy podcast. I'm the one, the only Yankee Cowboy, Tim Wilkins. We're going to be here today reviewing the March 2nd AEW Dynamite show that honestly was the almost go-home show if you don't include the hour-long rampage segment that happened on Friday before going into the pay-per-view, was the go-home show before AEW Revolution. I will review all three shows. So the first one first is obviously AEW Dynamite from 3-2. I'm just going to open this up as a precursor to what I know as a wrestling fan, that after the opening of this show... I'm going to continually say this and make a call that AEW needs to hire a booker based on this opening segment alone. AEW Dynamite opens up from Jacksonville, Florida, Daly's place, with good old JR making the opening call. The show opens up with Tony Khan in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Now, if you actually watch that, if you watch this segment, it sounds like he's in a high-pitched voice like this. And he can't figure out what he wants to say. And then it, it really just a few, it's deteriorated the entire announcement. The announcement, if you don't remember, if you haven't heard, is that Tony Khan is now the owner of Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor promotion, which includes a library and all the things that go along with it. 17 years ago, Ring of Honor was a promotion that started based out of the Northeast in the Midwest, and it probably was and still was up until this beginning, end of last year of 2021, was one of the great, one of the best promotions for a lot of up-and-coming talent in the industry. Obviously, there's a lot of up, really good talent that is on this show tonight that is highlighted because of Ring of Honor's ability to, to promote. Uh, so I will say this. Uh... Tony Khan's announcement and the way his voice is and his his body language and everything else, it really does bother me a little bit. Um, it it just it, it's kind of one of those weird like I, I'm like what the heck is wrong with him? Um, but I I really am not gonna like I, I just don't get it. Uh, it, it, the way the announcement was, was basically him in a high pitched voice saying, "Well, 17 years ago, uh, uh, uh." I now own Ring of Honor. Like, that's the announcement. So, honestly, that Ring of Honor announcement could have been a hell of a lot better if it was like an Arn Anderson or a William Regal or a, I don't know, Tony Blanchard or anybody has a serious tone in their voice or some bass in their voice would make this stuff. So, obviously, he goes off to start the show with the opening match, which took place in Ring of Honor that never had a winner was uh, Christopher Daniels versus Brian Danielson. And these two guys were really the face of Ring uh, of Ring of Honor back in the early 2000s 
and it it shows why these two guys are well respected in the industry. Uh, the first opening match uh, is a hot, awesome match. Good, good match, honestly, as a wrestling fan to watch. It's Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, they both two men open up with the shake of the hand, which is obviously the code, the code of honor, which every match started off with the ring of honor. It's a respect thing. A lot of back and forth with the strikes. Uh, this is the first time we've seen Christopher Daniels in probably about seven or eight months, and he had an eye injury. Uh, so a lot of it was back and forth, a lot of strikes, a lot of uh, just really good action. Like, it was a good storytelling. Like, it wasn't too much action, not enough jump, not enough trampoline stuff. It, there was a little bit of that, a little bit of trampoline stuff. But you, you got to understand, these guys are both getting up there in age. They're not going to be doing this young man stuff anymore. Um, Daniels did get an opportunity to do the best moonsault ever, which is one of his trademark moves. And Danielson holds him into a triangle hold uh, for, for a body lock. He gets the label lock, and Daniels just passes out. In usual, typical fashion of AEW Dynamite in Tony Khan's booking, there's always an afterbirth. Uh, Daniels, Danielson actually wins the match, and he says he gets on the mic and says, 20 years ago in Ring of Honor, they started matches with a handshake and ended it with a handshake. But he goes, we're not in Ring of Honor anymore. He's in AEW, and he, he it's time to kick someone's head in. He stomps Daniel's face. Uh, and obviously, here comes John Moxley after that. Waits for his music to hit, which could have made the save on Daniel's. But no, you got to do this nonsense. Um, he says the story of John Moxley is just beginning. It's another typical John Moxley fake cosplay wrestler. Everything's written in blood now since he can't drink alcohol. Um, and, and honestly, it's just a promo for their match on Sunday at the pay-per-view. And they go for another segment, which is typical Tony Khan style. Uh, I still don't get why John Moxley does the swagger with his shoulders. Like he has like no control over his shoulders when he gets into the ring. Like it, it's even funnier when you when we watch the pay per view this past Sunday. I'll, I'll I'll talk about that later on in other podcasts. It still makes it funny as hell that how he walks to the ring. Uh, in the style of Tony Khan doing this, we see the uh, another segment because God forbid you write a a, a show without a it goes match two segments a match two segments a match so. In a typical Tony Khan style, we're going to see another segment, which is Sting and Darby Allen. And um, he talks about how there's going to be some fines and suspensions for anyone that gets involved in that trios match later on. Uh, you know, and also that they're basically they're hyping up a Texas Tornado tag match at the pay-per-view, uh, which the match they're talking about in that, that, that promo is basically for Rampage, which... Uh, it's not really, it's just a hype up a show for later on. Uh, the next match is the Casino Tag Team Royale, which they actually listened to the fans on this one and how to actually style this match accordingly. You get two teams in the ring at the start of the match, and you bring them in like a Royal Rumble. Instead of last week, where they just threw everybody at the same time, and the announcers didn't know who the fuck was who. It's hilarious. Uh, really tough to watch this match with the, a lot of teams. The uh, I call it the underneath teams and the jobber teams in here. But 
Uh, obviously, the guys that are the most dominant, greatest tag team in the era of professional wrestling today, FTR, as they like to call themselves, top guys out. They are truly the greatest tag team in the business right now because of the way they work, the seriousness, the the way they work, the how they work, everything. Uh, FTR starts the match. You have Top Flight, uh, the return of Darius Martin, uh, and Dante come out. And then the Acclaim come out. So it's three. Uh, and then Butcher and the Blade. Then you have uh, Ten and Allen Angels. And then uh, Allen Angels is the first one eliminated. The Varsity Blondes come in next. And then you go to a picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, Bear Country comes out. And once we uh, get back to full screen, Santana and Ortiz come out. Uh, they eliminate uh, Bear, they Bear and Boulder. So Bear Country gets eliminated pretty quick. Max Caster gets tossed. Best Friends come out. Griff Garrison gets eliminated. Eh, so timely. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are the next tag team. Uh, Blade gets booted out by 10. Butcher gets tossed out by all of Dark Order. Then you get the sorry-ass Young Bucks. Then they head into another picture-in-picture commercial. Uh, The Gun Club comes back. Uh, FTR hits a huge big rig on one of the Austin Gun gun Kids. uh, As both Young Bucks and FTR eliminate the brothers. Uh, Brock Anderson, the son of uh, Arn Anderson and Lee Johnson. Shoddy Lee Johnson are the next two that are in. Uh, Brock hits like an Arn Anderson-type DDT and a spine buster. Bowens goes for a a Ten's mask, and it's kind of like a back and forth. Uh, Ten gets eliminated. Chuck Taylor is also eliminated. Both both the wingman go. Uh, Ten and five. The wingman are gone, which I forgot who the wingman are, I think. I could I could be forgotten who they were. Uh, 2.0 is the final team. Uh, a lot of back and forth action. It's kind of quick, kind of quick, kind of quick. And then Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson, Shoddy Lee, get eliminated. Uh, Bowens gets tossed. The acclaim finally gets both members eliminated. Here, you could tell there was a little bit more sense of urgency in this match compared to the first one when it comes to eliminations. Like they kind of knew, like there was a formality to it, like when it was time for these teams to go. Um, excuse me. Uh, 2.0 get eliminated. Evil Uno get eliminated based on a back and forth. Um, then you have uh, Trent gets eliminated. So basically, at least three teams get eliminated here, and then like with a seven or eight minute succession time. And then we're down to Top Flight, Young Bucks, and FTR. Uh, there's a little bit of back and forth action. Uh, Dante Martin and Cash Wheeler uh, kind of do a back and forth a little bit for a couple minutes, and then they eliminate each other. Hard uh, Hardwood uh, fights with Mac Jackson, and Red Dragon uh, distracts and kind of does more of a heel thing and distracts Dax, and Dax gets eliminated uh, by the Young Bucks there. Uh, we're down to the Bucks and Darius Martin, which is a two-on-one situation. Darius hits a flying forearm and talks to the, takes it to the Bucks, kind of a baby face from underneath situation. Uh, Matt 
Eva Dirtley uh, eliminates Nick by by fault here by super kicking us some super kicking his son, uh, his brother. Uh, the punches are exchanged on the apron, but it, it's just a matter of back and forth. Um, and he super kicks Darius on the, on the apron, and he eliminates him. Uh, really anticlimactic match, if you ask me. Uh, in my opinion, I understand that you know the Young Bucks obviously run the tag division AEW. I understand that, but they really shouldn't. In my opinion, they suck. They just flat out suck. Every match you ever watch a Young Bucks match is very trampoliney, very spot festy, a lot of just back and forth, and just a lot of nonsense. It's just FTR, in my opinion, should be the tag team champions. Red Dragon, in my opinion, hasn't been in the promotion long enough. So that triple threat match for the tag team titles is a is a waste of time. It's just a spot fest. And it's a lot of it's just I get it. It's a triple threat tag match, but that's not it. I don't think it's going to be a good match coming on Sunday. Hopefully it is, but I don't have any high expectations for it. Uh, obviously, keeping it with the typical AEW tradition of two promo segments and then a, uh, you know, a match. Uh, it is a Chris Jericho takes, says the entire world is buzzing after his promo uh, with Eddie Kingston. This Sunday, obviously, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. Not really a match that anyone really wants to see. An overweight indie guy versus Chris Jericho. Uh, and then, basically, Chris Jericho says in the segment that if Eddie Kingston beats him, he'll shake his hand. And if he beats him, he's going to laugh in his face. Um, then Santana and Ortiz kind of do a fist bump and ask if they were good. Kind of a no, what the hell kind of segment is that? Uh, the next segment is CM Punk. Uh, obviously he wants to have a word with MJF based on MJF's promo. And really... You don't know where they're going to go with this. As a fan, you kind of don't have a clue where they're going to go with this. Because CM Punk opens the segment, opens up the promo with, I'm not sure if I'm being gaslit or not. He doesn't think Max is lying about the incidents that occur in Max, uh, uh, MJF's promo, but he really can't see, you know, any respect for MJF. He talks about beating up Dean Malenko, who has suffers from Parkinson's. He talks about beating up Brian Pillman. He also saw MJF make fun of Darby Allen's late uncle. You know, so it he uses the line hurt people, hurt people. And I, I'm just kind of confused on this. Is they do a kind of like a hug. They don't. They sell it. And then MJF comes back after. Like walks. Walks away from the hug and kicks CM Punk right in the balls. MJF gives him the heat seeker and rips off his dress shirt so that he has a you know the the, the young the uh, young Max CM Punk shirt. Next thing you know, it's. 
just a bloody mess with, you know, hanging CM Punk by a chain out and around his neck. It's just, uh, it's a bloody segment. And uh, it's a good one. But um, MJF really shows off his uh, prowess of the promo here. I think he does a really great job overall. I just think that uh, this probably might be the segment that sells the match to the fans. And uh, hopefully the match on Sunday is truly what it lives up to be. Uh, obviously, the pinnacle kind of helps out this whole process here with that, the chain. Wardlow, uh, FTR comes in interference with the security guys. Uh, you know, and then obviously uh, with AEW being AEW, there's the afterbirth where you got Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara come out for the save after, I don't know, seven or eight minutes. It's kind of a no-brainer here. Then um, it goes to a TV, it goes to a TV commercial break, and after the break, Keith Lee uh, is standing there doing another segment. So basically, they're doing three segments, three promo segments uh, before a match again. And Keith Lee gets interrupted by Ricky Starks. Uh, he warns Lee that he's entering Starks country at Rampage. We'll see him when he sees him, and Keith notes he'll be there. Um, kind of an uneventful promo. Keith Lee, in my opinion, is going to get buried here in about three months. Uh, I appreciate him coming over here, but he's not going to stay long. All right, so match three of the night is kind of a afterbirth shortfall matchup that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a quick girls match that I think kind of shows off what they can do. And hopefully it's pretty quick here. It goes girls match Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. Quick, quick match here. Uh, they fight. They do a picture-in-picture commercial about four or five minutes in. They come back from the break, and uh, Rosa gets a hot tag to Martinez. T-Bone suplex to Hayter. Mercedes gets Hayter isolated before Rosa hits a Thunder driver. Clean on Britt Baker for the one, two, three. Really about eight to 12 minutes tops. It wasn't too, too, uh, too long or too short. Pretty Man, I, I'll tell you this right now, though. Britt Baker, if she doesn't have someone kind of, like, leading the way, it's a terrible match. But uh, we got Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa there. It's a great match at that point. They go to a backstage segment with uh, Jay Cargill. or I'm sorry, it was Tay Conti doing a backstage promo. And then Tay Cargill interrupts, saying that, um, you know, Conte can't lay, lay, lay a hand on here until, uh, I think it's 48 hours before the pay-per-view. Uh, they do another Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch kind of a promo pack, video package to hype up their uh, the buy-in match that they have with the pay-per-view. We come back we come back from that situation to a uh, mainly a squash match. Honestly, it's Caesar Banani versus Wardlow. Um, Wardlow is just on a tear, just on a tear. Um, quick botch, quick quick. Uh, this quick squash here. Big ass power bomb by Wardlow. Does a power bomb symphony one, two, three. Quick, quick bot. Uh, quick, quick squash. Uh, Sean Spears comes in to hit Banani with the chair, and Wardlow grabs him and stops him. And they both stare at each other. They have a stare down. And uh, they do a video package of introducing the new House of Black member, Buddy Matthews. After that video package comes back, Wardlow and Spears are backstage a little heated. 
MJF obviously steps in after his situation that he just went through with CM Punk. Uh, it's just a back and forth. And kind of promoting uh, really the face turn of Wardlow here. Wardlow's been on a warpath since he, he's been on like a 28 to nothing warpath. Main event of the evening is Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus Adam Page and Dark Order. I am just going to say this now. This doesn't do it for me for the go home for this 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 feud. So uh, Cole acts like he's going to go ahead and start off the fight and start the match, but he doesn't. He said uh, uh, defers to Bobby Fish. John Silver gets to showcase his handiwork before Alex Reynolds gets isolated on a tag. Later on, Hangman also gets a dead eye on Cole, but pins are exchanged. One twos, false finishes, uh, kick to the knee to Page. Cole goes to lower the boom, but Page slides underneath the ropes and is about to leap to get the buckshot, but Cole powders, goes underneath the rope and hides. Uh, then they head to a picture-in-picture. Picture. They come back from the picture-in-picture. Picture. Cole gets a near fall on Silver. The tag gets made to Hangman later, and Cole plays chicken shit. Sit-out powerbomb is made on KOR. Uh, Kevin O'Reilly. Uh, Cole finally gets a hot tag. Uh... But Hangman plays Possum to, to duke it out before Dark Order battle with Red Dragon. Uh, Cole reverses a suplex by Silver, but Hangman levels Cole. Cole ultimately lowers the boom on Reynolds for the 1-2-3. Just a kind of a eh, match, you know? Uh, obviously, in a typical AEW fashion, there's always an afterbirth. Uh, no exception here. Uh, Hangman fights off all three. Uh, he's about to go for a buckshot lariat before Fish trips him up. They go out and duct tape, tape him to the ropes. They, they roll John Silver in for a high-low uh, with the Red Dragons finish. And then a Panama Sunrise on Alex Reynolds uh, by Cole as uh, Hangman is forced to watch. Hangman gets a headbutt on Cole, but Cole super kicks him and places the AEW title on Hangman's shoulder saying, that's my belt. Very uneventful way to end a show. And honestly, I'm just at a shock that that is the way you go home. With some kind of afterbirth, with no beat down, no heat, nothing. It's just very uneventful. Um, I think that's very uneventful. But that was the uh, the events of AEW Dynamite on 3-2. Like I said, guys, I'm hoping AEW can just start getting their shit together and I'll just just work through this stuff. Getting ready for the pay-per-view at AEW Revolution uh, on 3-9 on Sunday. Or, I'm oh, sorry, not Sunday. Uh, shit. Uh, excuse my language on that one. It, it's on 3-6. Uh, so, I appreciate you guys listening into this review. I, I'm not really going to continue try to overhype these, these TV shows. But if AEW can seriously get their act together when it comes to the booking, instead of doing the hot shot style and everything, and it actually storytell. And actually get to a point where they can actually sell these storylines long term instead of just hot shotting it and no no payoff. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of these bookings with no payoff or very short with no heat and you don't have a blow off. So this is why I think, you know, AW really does need a booker still. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening in. I, as always, feel free to sign up to or subscribe to them or follow me on Twitter. Excuse me. Uh, feel free to. Uh, Check me out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wilkins Esports. 
And uh, hopefully you guys take a listen to the next review as well. We're going to do a rampage here in a minute. And then we're going to do the pay-per-view. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening in. This is the Yankee Cowboys signing off.